one half of the Booze and Boobs podcast, and this is my other half. Hi, I'm Katrina. Welcome to our podcast. We hope you love it. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Booze and Booze podcast. I know that it's been a minute um, after I moved cross country, Katrina bought a house and then she had to move. So we are all where we are supposed to be for now. So we will hopefully be able to get out more podcasts in a more timely manner. So thank you for your patience. Until further notice, no more huge life-changing situations. Yeah. So we are here to do the autopsy of Jane Doe. This is a really fantastic movie. Katrina and I have a lot to say about it. So we're just going to go ahead and get started. I know you guys have missed us and you want to hear about our movies. (laughs) Most definitely. So this movie is set in Virginia and it starts out with, you know, just like the cookie cutter, peaceful neighborhood, like bright and happy. And then you get inside of this house and it's just blood everywhere, like crime scene photographers, police. And like, oh, okay. Something has uh, happened. Yeah, uh, no, not good. So the police go into the basement and they find a perfectly preserved, clean body of Jane Doe in the basement some dead girl she's perfectly preserved she's got nothing on her she's just like in a dirt pile yeah like sticking halfway out but sparkling clean cleaner than i've ever been in my life yeah especially you just moved down to a farm hey like lots of grasshoppers by the way i've lived in the country before and there are so many grasshoppers right now it's insane i hate it i hate the grasshoppers death to all grasshoppers I moved to a big city and you moved to a farm. So that just tells everybody who we are as people. <laughs> Very different, but still best friends. Yeah, we just complete each other. So we've got our cadaver, Jane Doe. Uh, she gets picked up by the police. Everybody else who was in the house was a family. They're all dead. The police note that there was no sign of a forced entry. Some stuff on the inside was broken. So... they speculate that maybe people were trying to get out and then we just kind of leave it there and the next scene we go to is in a morgue where we have Emile Hirsch who plays Austin and Brian Cox who I love he plays Tommy he's the dad um they both run a um what's it called when you're an autopsy person mortician coroner (laughs) One of the two? Uh, they're a little bit of both. It's like a family-owned, like, funeral home and morgue. So, but they do, um, I mean, yeah. Because I, I guess they are, like, if they prepare the body, they're a mortician. But if they're finding, like, cause of death, they're a coroner. I guess. No. We'll just call it a small town Virginia, and they do both. Yeah. But they've got upbeat music playing. They've got the radio on. It's kind of like a a surgery scene where it's like scalpel, scalpel. (laughs) And they're just teaming up and they're, they're working on the body that they have. And then they kind of just, you know, you can, and you can tell that the, the dad, Tommy is still trying to teach Austin a lot of things because they're talking about like, well, what do you see? And how about this? And they're trying to find cause of death and 
so Tommy asks Austin, like, so what do you think the cause of death is? And he's like, well, it looks like smoke inhalation because of this or this or this. But then the dad makes him look further into it and just then they realize, oh, well, the guy had an aneurysm. He died. And so there's no smoke in his lungs. There's no damage to his like bumps or and it's, you know, he's like, oh, you know, it's he just feels defeated. And he says, everybody's got a secret. Some are just better at hiding it than others, which is kind of a foretelling a little bit because Jane yeah. has lots of secrets. Yeah. I think that both of them, I really do like both of these characters, the dad and the son. I feel like they're both respectful of each other. They're respectful of the work that they do. I feel like a lot of media depictions of, you know, somebody once they've passed is it's just, you know, they're a body, there's something to study, there's something to exploit, but they're really respectful. They take care of their people. No, nobody is being forceful or anything. And I feel like, you know, it's a really interesting lens to look at, especially with the dad, you know, just still teaching about, you know, there are always clues. There's something to look for. After they're kind of like wrapping up with this, the son Austin is talking about, he's going to go to the movies with his girlfriend. He mentions how, you know, his dad doesn't really go out anymore ever since, you know, his wife died. And so we learn Tommy really doesn't go out anymore because his wife has passed and he's just kind of like all work, no play makes Tommy a dull boy. <laughs> that's and, not a spoiler that the dad is going to go crazy in this movie. Uh, no, no, these no. two, like they're, they're besties. You root for them the entire time with everything that's going to happen. So uh, spoilers ahead, uh, stuff is going to happen. Yeah. Then we see Austin go upstairs and I'm like, oh, so they live there. So it's one of those like live in, they live above the morgue. And I'm like, oof. I bet that they have it down there because it's easier to keep like cold storage and stuff when. Oh, I'm sure. And it's, you know, I feel like if you live with your work though, it's really hard to separate that. I I can see that for sure. Um, And they've got, uh, they've got a cat, the horror movie. And production went out of their way to pay an animal trainer to have an animal there. So there it is. There's a cat in this movie, you guys. There's a cat. I hate, I hate when I watch a horror movie and I just see an animal. I'm like, fuck, you know, something's going to happen. I had seen this movie before Katrina and I watched it, but I had blocked it out. But there was a cat because something's going to happen to the cat. So it, I saw it and like, it's in my notes fuck I forgot that there's a cat <laughs> <laughs> so Emma shows up that's Austin's girlfriend um that she's played by Ophelia Lovebond and she's the lead in the HBO Max show Minx which I totally love everybody should watch it it's about uh, a girl in the 70s kind of making a magazine answer to Playboy but it's not Playgirl it's Minx magazine and it's not necessarily objecting objectifying men's bodies but there is a lot of penis in it. So I think that everybody should watch that. I will give no more uh, description. (laughs) Go watch it. There's penis in it. So, and Emma's kind of funny because she, you know, she showed up because they're going to go to the movies or whatever. And she wants to see the bodies. And Austin is trying to protect her. Like, no, no. And be respectful. And the dad's like, sure. You want to see a dead body? Go for it. Like, careful what you ask for they kind of like him and haw around it like 
I want to see this one. And he's like, no, you don't. Shows her a different one. And so they show her one of them and it has a bell on the toe of it. And she asked about it and the dad goes, oh, I'm a traditionalist, you know, in case someone's not fully dead and they wiggle their toe, you'll know, you know, somebody in your morgue is alive. Yeah, they used to do that with, um, once they buried people too, they would have a Mm -hmm. a bell on a string into the coffin because they did that a lot. What was it like the Black Plague and things like that, where Mm. people were just so sick that they thought that they were dead. And then that happened. That also happens in The Nun. Uh, the 2018 movie The yeah. Nun, which is a part of the Conjuring franchise, we'll cover that at a later date because I am a big nun truther. I don't care if anybody dislikes the nun, I will bite tooth and nail. That movie <laughs> fucked me up. Tommy, Brian Cox's character, plays a little joke on Emma and then starts ringing the bell behind her when she's staring really intently at the <laughs> cadaver, and it freaks her out. And it's it's completely in jest. He's he does not come off as you know, scary, angry, creepy mortician. He's just a dad messing with his son's girlfriend. And it's totally funny. It's truly like a dad joke, really. Like, because I could see that, like my dad doing that to somebody or even my grandpa, because like, like my grandpa used to like stick his dentures out at people, like as a joke. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen that. He's just like, uh, uh, or something, or he'd like pull your ponytail. And I'm like, it's just like, it's a dad, grandpa kind of, kind of humor. Yeah. So uh, Emma starts asking, you know, how people are dying and why and what's going on. And she gets interested in it. And the dad just says, we leave the why to the cops and the shrinks. We're just here to find the cause of death, mm-hmm. which also links up to something interesting to where, you know, there is always something to learn about the dead body, but he's not big into making any fantastical gestures of what and how and why it's purely the science in front of him that he's taking into consideration. And I think that's, it's nice because he takes a little bit of the emotion out of it for him, which I'm sure as a mortician, you have to do, because if you're in a small town, you're going to know the people that you're working on a lot of the time. So he's had, he's had practice, you know, separating emotion from science and his work, but, you know, Austin is still, still fairly new to this. He's, he looks like he's in his twenties, like he's pretty young. So he's all for it. Like, Oh, you know, this, this, this happened. And why are they like this? And I, his dad is probably just exhausted at this point. And he's like, I don't know. I just do cause of death at this point. Like, which I mean, I get it. So the next scene happens when the sheriff from the house in the beginning arrives and has the body of Jane Doe being wheeled in, like brought down through the elevator into the morgue setup. Mm-hmm. And Austin that's... tells Emma that he's going to stay and help his dad work on this cadaver. And she's upset because there it appears that they have had some conversations about how she and Austin need to start their life and they need to go somewhere and they need to do things, but Austin really just can't let go of his dad. And I think that that all plays into the fact that he's lost his mom. All Mm -hmm. his dad has is him and the business and he doesn't really feel comfortable leaving him yet. And I think that that's really sweet. Yeah. I mean, he, he shows concern for his dad where as a lot of people could say, you know, Oh, they're an adult. They'll figure it out. They'll think it over it. You know, you're not responsible for other people's reactions or emotions, but 
he knows that what he does does affect his dad. And, you know, cause it's like a weekend night, like they're going to go to the movies. He had all these plans, but the sheriff insisted upon, I need cause of death by the morning because the press is going to be all over this. So yeah, his dad is feeling a lot of pressure. Murder. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. So he knows my dad needs my help. So and when the cat is there. Yeah. Family does it's, not like Jane Doe. Not a fan. Like, uh uh-uh. uh. And it's growling. You know, animals always know. They do. They really do. Ugh. That's why when Mongo was barking the other day, my, my dog is a fluffy boy and he never barks, but he was barking at like the nothingness yesterday. And it was like, oh, please tell me that was a rabbit or something. <laughs> that's, that's what we'll go with. You don't have any uh, dead bodies around yet yet anyway don't start digging anything too deep <laughs> five feet is my limit there you go that's it nothing needs to go for the, limit, five yeah. feet. <laughs> uh, the sheriff explains that there were four dead people at the crime scene they they still don't know what happens that's why it's so important that they get some kind of cause of death on jane doe because her birth or her body was so untouched they really have no way to know if there's a connection at all was she somebody that you know was killed and buried before the house was built nobody knows what's going on but she is a priority because she has no uh deterioration she's yeah she's just like a pretty dead girl like everybody's dead and you can see why they're dead she is the only one that's unanswered and she's the only one that's not identified everybody they know who everybody else is yeah true small town so tommy and austin are going to start their autopsy so they're starting their video camera and explaining all the steps of what they're doing which i really appreciate because as viewers we are not professionals in the steps of everything that's happening it did say when i was like doing some research that they actually worked with autopsy professionals and morticians and so like what they were doing was tech like for the most part was accurate so the fact that they were explaining it was nice yeah it gives us some exposition on what's going on and everything that happens from the first cut forward is just downhill um they get everything set up they start recording clearing they still have their radio on and the radio is talking about how the weather is you know said Mm. to be bright and sunny for the next like four days or something no clouds in sight so and the first thing was before they even started cutting on her you know they were trying to inspect her eyes weren't cloudy like her there's no rigor mortis but like her ankles and wrists are fractured like all these weird things even on the external examination like they're so confused because there's no outward appearance of any yeah, she's injuries. got no surface bruises of anything but when you pick up her arms and legs like they're broken yeah they find peat under her nails um and so they're like oh peat is what you find like in a nursery or something like it's originally from like the northeast and so they're they're starting to try and paint a picture of like who she is or where she's from like just to get any kind of idea also i would have no idea what kind of dirt I was looking at if it like if I had five different types of dirt in front of me I would have no idea the difference between the two uh, give like, me a that's year. some dirt 
that's, that's dirt. more dirt. That's a different dirt. <laughs> that's dirt number one, two, three. Uh, give me a year. You know, I'll start gardening next year, and we'll see if I change my change my tone. Oh well, there you go. We will revisit autopsy of Jane Doe next year, you guys. <laughs> uh, they move to her mouth, and they open it up, and they discover this is a big shocker. On this one, is that her tongue was cut out. Like, and they said that she didn't bite it because it was serrated. And then a fly comes out of her nose and starts flying around and blood starts pouring. Yeah, it's dripping out of her nose. And so they're just like, what the heck is happening? In her mouth, they find like a piece of thread. And then as soon as they pull that out, they start hearing like thunder outside. Even though the radio said it was all sunshine and rainbows. Yes, Um, this is very important. The, yeah. the whatever is happening in the weather during the external the last part of the external examination they were doing um they found vaginal trauma and so tommy after they find that kind of leaves because i think he just kind of needed a break and i'm like the fact that just on the external they haven't even cut on her yet and they already are like okay i need a <laughs> i need a minute because it, it's a lot mm-hmm. and uh one fun fact for the readers is um, I know where this is going. What? I said, I feel like I know where this is going. Oh, well, now I want to know what you think I'm going to say. Is it this note here? No, but I can. Oh. Okay. I mean, that's fine. Okay. Well, here, here, guys, I'll tell you a story and then I'll tell you my fact I was going to tell you. So circa 2020 on TikTok, Katrina and I discovered a string of videos where I don't even know who it was. So I'm sorry. I can't credit anybody. But this this uh, tidbit of information did change our lives. We discovered um, from TikTok that apparently some vaginas internally have texture to them and some of them are smooth. So it's the difference between like ridging and like something that feels like a banana peel, just super smooth. And uh, our friend group at the time, we all told each other whether we had a textured vagina or <laughs> if we were smooth. And um, I will not be revealing who said what. Um, maybe if you join our Patreon, we will put that on there. Maybe Girl Scouts, yeah, Girl or, uh, Scouts honor. You can, you don't tell the texture of your friends. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> one of the jokes that we made when we were watching the autopsy of Jane Doe, once they found the sexual trauma, um, was we wondered if her vagina was textured or smooth just based off of the joke so that's just a funny thing the the real tidbit I was going to give was that um Jane Doe throughout the entire movie is not um a body or plaster it's an actress she was uh chosen Katrina found this fact out that she was chosen because she um had a strong knowledge of yoga and could control her breathing and look dead and not move her body and be able to hold herself in certain positions um, like a body would have to be in during an autopsy. So she got that role. Um, what's her name? Kelly, you said? Olwen Catherine Kelly. Okay. Well, she's gorgeous and yeah. she holds her body so well. So it was after I saw the movie for the first time, I heard that was an actress and I was like, wow, she did amazing. The, right. the whole movie's from start to finish for for not being as well known as it probably should be like every single person in that movie is notable or does a fantastic performance uh-huh. 
since you mentioned start to finish that this movie they shot in chronological order, which I thought was interesting because it's, you know, I said that and Rachel's like, oh yeah, to preserve the set. And I'm like, I know nothing about movies. So, but I mean, that makes sense to me. I don't know. That just had to be exhausting to like have to lay there, control your breathing for hours and just like make your joints and everything like look limp and dead. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it truly is a testament to her talent. So back to the story, the yeah. clock in the background, while they hear thunder boom above them, says it's 945. So 945 at night, the lights start flickering because of the storm, the radio as they're starting to do their first incision on the body, the radio starts playing screams, like just horrible wailing. And then a song starts playing called Let the Sun Shine In. And it's it's disturbing it's, a little bit. It's little, it's like little children choir. Let the like, oh, if we can, we will uh insert a clip. We're, we're still figuring this like editing stuff out, so bear with us. But um, I hope not to have a clip in it because um scary. I don't like mm-hmm. when children sing, like in uh, when Tiptoe <laughs> Through the Tulips plays in Insidious. I'm like, why? Why do you First have to all, be wait. so innocent? Like, I don't trust anything innocent or youthful because all I do is watch horror movies. And I'm like, there's something wrong with you. I don't like you. I don't like dolls. I don't like stuffed animals. I don't like any of that. I'm like, I don't trust it. I just want the record to show that um, a child does not sing Tiptoe Through the Tulips. It's even worse. I need you to go watch a YouTube video of the guy, the the grown man that sings that song. I'm pulling my feet off from hanging off of the bed. Um, <laughs> wait, I need to know this story. Okay, so I have to look at it. We're okay. We're gonna break here real quick so Rachel can go look at this video. Tiptoe through the tulips. I'm so scared. What's gonna happen? Nothing's gonna happen. It's just it's not a child. Why does he look like that? Play it. No. Play it. Mm. I think it'll get it. I'm just scared. I don't like this song. looks like he sings this song i mean he does Uh, but i just i needed you to know that there wasn't a child (laughs) (laughs) there's this article it says why tiptoe through the tulips is creepy and it honestly should just be a picture of this guy's face like he hardly is opening his mouth while he's singing it and then he's doing all of these high pitch like little oh no he looked at the camera no 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 don't make eye contact no we're done we're we're off of the youtube goodbye um <laughs> yeah i hate that stuff i hate it but it works She'll... very well to the movie yeah i i agree i don't know why but as soon as you said tiptoe i thought of the tortoise on tiktok because i followed the lady that has a tortoise so i can learn things for mortis anyway mortis the tortoise mortis the tortoise Maybe he'll uh, make an appearance. Anyway, they uh, back to the creepy children music. 
so like Rachel said, they made the first cuts and it just starts like pouring blood out. And the dad explains, well, normally that doesn't happen. Uh, but I guess. Uh. Yeah. Tommy says when fresh bodies get cut into, then they still have all their blood in them. But mm-hmm. it is definitely a little strange that, I mean, we don't know how long she's been dead and then she's bleeding the way that she is. So it's getting yeah. everywhere and then they're making samples of it. That way they can test it and send it out to their labs. Yeah. And it's the first like kind of incident after that is Austin is putting some samples in the refrigerator, gets distracted by his dad, turns back around and there's blood spilt everywhere and he's cleaning it up. And honestly, I don't think he's doing a good enough job because I'm like a biohazard, first of all. And he's just like wiping it with a rag. And I'm like, that's not good enough. You're not doing a good enough job. Uh, But then the dad probably planned on being able to go back and clean clean once everything was done that's fair that is a good point but the dad was like asking him for like the rib cutters and stuff and he just got annoyed got him himself and started like cutting the ribs and I'm like I don't like that sound Mm -mm. whoever like what is it a foley artist is that what they're called the people that make Mm -hmm. the sounds uh whoever did that great job (laughs) because I hated it (laughs) they then notice you know she has a very small waist in comparison to like her frame size and they're discussing that and everything and then they talk about a corset and they're like oh you know back in the day during certain time periods they would wear very tight corsets that would alter the shape of over time alter the shape of like a woman's waist Mm -hmm. and you notice inside all of her muscle has texture and stuff on it they presume there could be something cancerous inside of her body. The thing that's really throwing them is as they're cutting her open and and they're looking at all of her organs and her skin, there's tons of internal damage, tons of trauma, but it's absolutely nothing on the surface. I mean, her skin up top is pristine. Mm -hmm. The dad mentions like there's a million easy ways to kill somebody without doing as much damage. And they, basically notice like somebody wanted her to suffer and they start like trying to make assumptions like was she trafficked was she kidnapped was she tortured the second incident was Austin hears a really loud bang while he's inspecting some stuff and then when he glances over he sees somebody in the mirror which they really focus on in like the introduction is this like round Uh, It's like a corner mirror, like, so you can see around the corner, basically. Mm -hmm. They have like an angled mirror that's just in the hallway. Yeah. Um, And he sees somebody, but then there's nothing there. And then the dad cuts himself on a rib and starts bleeding, which I'm like, ugh, no, not good. Diseases, not a good thing. So the next part is the part that Rachel has to skip. Tommy hears something rattling in the vents there's a jump scare it's the cat and it did not end well the cat's so, dead guys cat's dead it suffered it's really horrible um i hate it the dad, good job guys bye the dad was nice enough to put the cat out of his misery he did not suffer long so stanley is dead and it's very sad for everybody involved you can see it really does bother tommy especially because that's just another loss that he has but it yeah. does kind of just push him into work mode 
and he just is like well we've got to finish doing this autopsy yeah he talks he talks about how like it was his mother like it was his wife's cat and that was like the last thing he had of hers pretty much and so his get back to work feels like a I don't want to feel anything right now. So why don't we go do something that distracts me? Which is fair. Yeah. And Austin sees that and he's like, dad, you can talk to me. They have like a moment, but Tommy's not really happy. And he's like, let's just get this done. Yeah. So they return back to Jane Doe and they continue with the autopsy, you know, taking out her organs and everything like that. And they find, um, Jimson weed in her intestines and the dad points out that that's a poison and can cause paralysis and that it's also from up north and as they find the Jimson weed the radio starts talking about how there's a huge storm coming in and that you need to batten down the hatches and just it's going to be bad and then as they're still you know, going through her insides and her organs and stuff, they find an entire parchment that's inside of her body and it's covered with a bunch of runes and Roman numerals and it's really hard to decipher anything on it just because it looks old more so than dirty. Like, I would imagine something that was inside of a body that we have seen bleeding would be dirty, but it's not. So the guys definitely know something is going on and it wasn't like ruined by digestive acid or anything like that and they uh inside of it they find a tooth they also realize that it's her tooth and they're like who would wrap something who would wrap her tooth in a piece of fabric and then why would she swallow it like that doesn't make any sense yeah so they're starting to think about because of what the runes are and they look a little more olden and pagan that like they speculate that maybe she was a human sacrifice and it's really heartbreaking to think about Mm -hmm. what this girl had gone through yeah the more and more they continue this autopsy the more severe the thunderstorm gets and the the louder the radio gets and the static it's almost like Jane Doe is like I'm warning you stop even though they've had all these warnings and all these instances happen, Tommy has that mindset of we started something, we're going to finish it. Like we have to finish this tonight. The sheriff said so. Da, 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 da. And so that yeah, but then right the there, radio like goes off and the direct quote I have is what the radio says is one thing's for sure. You're not going anywhere. And then mm-hmm. the song starts playing about how the devil is coming after you. And Austin is like, uh, maybe we should not, and we should leave. Like he's just, he's just accepting everything as a sign. And he's like, maybe we should just not be doing this. But yeah, yeah, like you said, Tommy's like, we have to finish this. Like we have to finish what we start. And I saw it in your notes. You're like, okay, boomer. And I'm like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like I, I used to have that mindset about work, but I'm like, honestly, they don't give a shit they don't care that much about me. And like, my work is not so important (laughs) that if I have to finish it tomorrow or the next day, nobody's, you know, nobody's going to notice. A little different when it's a dead body, but a little little bit. Yeah. Yeah. After 
Austin says that they should leave. The dad finds um, like markings on the inside of her skin. Like it looks like a tattoo on the yeah, inside he, like, of like laid her skin mm-hmm. off of the muscle itself. So on the inside of her, just the skin itself, there's tons of runes printed all over her flesh. Yeah. And it's like, how do you, how do you tattoo the inside of your skin and not the outside? It, yeah. It's one of those things where it's an internal, but no external signs. Yeah, it's crazy. The lights start flickering. Then the the storage doors are opening from where they keep the bodies. All the power goes out. Yeah. And my question on here was, if they had stopped when she said, you know, when she had warned them and warned them, if they had stopped, would she have just stopped or would she have continued anyway? I don't know. We, I don't, we don't, I don't know because we believe that the radio and everything is speaking through Jane Doe or, or she's mm-hmm. speaking through it. Right. So I, I, I don't know because of what's going to happen later. Do we, what do we know? Yeah. The, but all the we know is like shit's going crazy now. Yeah. The next scene I, la- I uh, labeled, let's get the fuck out of here because <laughs> That's that's exactly what they're trying to do is um yeah we we need to get out because there's no power, it's dark. Yeah, they the go to the some of the lights on, but it doesn't yeah. get the elevator to work. So then they take up their stairs, they can't open up the cellar door at the bottom of their house. There's a tree that has fallen on it. Austin uh-huh. sees that there's another body in that little corner mirror again. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't do anything. Nothing happens with that body just yet. So he goes into their office to try to call the sheriff but the phone line is dead and that's always one thing that's really interesting to me because and I remember power going out when I was younger and stuff like that it's like your phone line is not your electricity mm-hmm. so most of the time whenever a phone line is down it's because something has happened to it specifically yeah. your connection so we're, just, we're just amping up like the the horror element really of this yeah. because no power but then the generator's back on but then the phone line is still dead like that's a choice they are in the middle of the country so it's not like they have any neighbors that if they pound on the door loud enough somebody's gonna hear them there's nothing around them just dead Um, bodies yeah (laughs) dead quote unquote unquote, dead dead or under i don't know um so after the dead yeah (laughs) after uh they hang up the phone with the sheriff they hear a bell sound. And if you remember from earlier in the movie, um, the dad puts the bells on the dead people's toes. And dead that... men's toe, dead men's toe. <laughs> Which Hocus Pocus 2 comes out today. We're recording this on uh, September 30th when Hocus Pocus 2 comes out. So I've got a lot of uh, Hocus Pocus <laughs> on the brain. <laughs> Oh, I love that movie. I can't, I can't wait to watch it. So Austin intelligently doesn't open the door. He goes to the floor and looks under the door at the crack and a shadow and a fucking foot falls right in front of it. And that's the, that's the first, that's the biggest oh fuck moment so far. The cat was a pretty big oh fuck moment for me. I forgot about the cat. Yeah, exactly. I'm traumatized over here. (laughs) But um, then Austin is telling Tommy that Jane Doe is causing all the problems. They've got to get out. But Tommy doesn't want to believe it. 
and then he just goes into the bathroom and then Tommy does to like wash his hands like that this is fine yeah and while he's in the bathroom he starts to like he sees a shadow and Austin also sees like a shadow and starts to run towards the bathroom and the door slams shut and all he can hear is his dad being thrown around the bathroom getting the shit beat out of him by mm-hmm. who knows what part of me is like why are they targeting the dad like why are they targeting Tommy first is it be I think it's because he cut his wrist on that on her rib so maybe like the blood connected them so I I honestly don't know but oh that's a really good point that could be because he definitely like, is getting the most of the brunt yeah and and that's because I, I couldn't figure out for a while it's like but then they made a really big point about like he cut his wrist on the rib and then he was washing the blood off and he got attacked. So it's like, I think she was targeting him because of that, because they had that connection maybe somehow. That is a really good call. I like that. But then the door opens, Austin can get in there and his dad is hurt, but he's fine, so to speak, because he they both decide right then that they're just going to try and cremate Jane Doe and just put an end to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think the dad has finally gotten over the uh, what is possible or impossible and is like, mm, let's burn the bitch. Like, we're done. I know. He w- he was talking about like corpses and stuff like that and how this one is different. And I put in my notes, it's like, Jane Doe's not like other corpses. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not like the other girls. <laughs> she's not a pick me girl (laughs) no she uh she's very much in control jane doe is a feminist for sure i believe that and honestly it is we'll talk more about that yeah so they go back into the autopsy room and they plan to take her into the furnace room but they get locked into the autopsy room they try to like break through the doors and oh i hated this part he's like I don't know if it did he grab an axe or something like he's trying to axe his way through the door um and then he gets yeah, to get hole. back out in the hallway yeah and he he like makes a hole and he like sticks his face up in it why are you doing that and it's like that old lady corpse with her like lips sewn together shut and she goes and a, oh i didn't like yeah, that it's very scary they realize like obviously some shit is going down they just try to burn jane doe right on the table where she is like they mm-hmm. put like the fluids on her they light the match and then the, her body gets on fire but then the flames like go up and then they're licking all the way across the room so now the whole room is on fire so we talked about yeah. set preservation earlier it's because of this they set the room on fire <laughs> well in what i thought was interesting is like she's burning all the evidence that she was ever there that they ever even started the autopsy like the cameras burned the photos that are on the board that they took like the whiteboard like all of the evidence that anything was ever done to her was getting erased so it's like did she did she do this before like is that why there's no evidence of who she is i don't know because we don't know we don't know Um, so after the fire kind of like dies out they hear the elevator um and decide to investigate yeah so they just leave her after she hasn't been touched by the fire she's not burned nothing on her body or from her insides is singed in any way mm-hmm. but the whole room and all of their evidence and their materials burned to a crisp 
but they do get out they hear the elevator and they the door is like shutting as they're trying to get inside of it so then they're messing with it and then they're oh my god they see another body in that corner mirror and it's walking towards them and I hate that shit it's so scary that's and it's the bellboy that's what I call him the guy with the (laughs) bell is is the bellboy and he's walking so slow and it's like oh and they're struggling with the elevator and it, it feels intentional like what's about to happen it's like it's intentional because like it's like Jane Doe is preventing them from getting into the elevator in time successfully and they have to defend themselves from this so the axe that they use to break through the door the dad still has it and so he looks real good with that axe i'm a brian cox simp for sure (laughs) so he looked real good with that i'm not gonna lie so they finally make it into the elevator but they don't make it fast enough and the door is still open and like the bellboy is reaching through and so the dad defending themselves axe straight to the face or the back i don't know it was the face. It was the face. And yeah. then, um, well, um, it was not Bellboy that no. Tommy took out. It was Emma. The girlfriend. She came, girlfriend. she came back to check on him. And uh, Jane Doe altered their reality. Yeah, so Emma's dead, which is really devastating. Um, I think at one point, Austin, like beforehand when she was there, had said like maybe they could go to the midnight premiere or something yeah. like that of, of some or a midnight showing of some other movie. So she was coming back to be like, you want to go to the movie? Yeah. And um, then she gets an axe to the face. So that's what happens when you date men. So you die. Yeah. It's not a blanket statement, but um, it's true. Well, so now the elevator wants to work and it closes. But then a mouth I was like, it's not working fully. Um, and so one of the questions I had was, we know what the dad and Austin saw, right? We know that they saw the bellboy, all of that. But what I wonder what Emma's perspective was. Like, did Jane Doe alter the image for her? Because if if they saw, if Emma saw them running away with an ex and everything like that, like she would probably be terrified, like uh, what what's happening? But well, and that also kind of begs the question on her perspective: is the guys couldn't get out at all? So how did she get in? And right. The, did the it only affect scene, them. Yeah. So the elevator scene that we have here is kind of where we get, you know, a, a cinematic break. It's where we get some exposition between father and son and where they're sitting there we're living in this emotional moment of you know the cat's dead we've got this crazy body manipulating time and space austin's girlfriend is dead because his dad killed her which is an accident it's not like he's like you killed my girlfriend it's not like that we're just living in this really melancholy state and then the dad for the first time that we've seen kind of starts opening up and then um he starts talking about his wife and he's like do you know why i called her ray and then me a rachel is like hey that's me that's my name <laughs> but then um he says that his wife ray was his ray of sunshine and i'm like well that's definitely not me because i am gloom and doom but uh i i love hearing my name and stuff like that because i am also very selfish so well, and we also learned that um, 
the, his wife committed suicide and he's been blaming himself for that ever since. Like how, how did I not know? Like, you know, she was always so happy. How did I not know? Yeah. And then uh, we, after we have that moment where it's kind of like Austin can't blame himself for Emma, Tommy can't blame himself for Ray. They really just have each other right now. And then they have to make it through the night basically is what their goal is. And uh-huh. after Tommy says, you know, the, the ray of sunshine stuff, then the radio starts playing again and they can hear it. And it's talking about sunshine and that creepy ass little devil song uh-huh. because we don't like it. And then the elevator opens up. They're back in the room when the radio is playing. And then they start talking about how Jane Doe probably has something that she doesn't want the guys to find. So they're like, okay we're going to finish what we started. We are going to finish this autopsy. Once they kind of do that, it's just getting like smoky. And I'm like, they're very brave for walking through that because, oh, you know, you know, all these dead bodies are up and walking around, but it's, it's whatever she wants. Like she's allowing them to do these certain things because she could stop all of them whenever they wanted. Like she could have killed them at this point, but she hasn't yet. Yeah, she hasn't had any harm come to either of the guys physically, except for the ghost. Or the, the ghost attack. I don't know. Do you want to call it a zombie then, I guess? I don't know, because it it did physically like run out of the room. I don't know what it was, though. It was just like a apparition. I, I don't know. Does it, I, don't, I don't know all the technical words for a, a, like a shadow. Something that person. should have been dead started moving. So yeah, that was pretty much. Bad. Uh, so they start walking back to the autopsy room. They're walking through the smoke, coughing, and then the dad gets attacked again. And I'm like, he's, oh, I put (laughs) Rachel while we're watching this said, Jane Dill has daddy issues. (laughs) (laughs) Because she was going after him. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I think I said, why is she attacking the dad? And then you're like, she has daddy issues. like oh there you go there it is they decide Um, like they have to go and and figure out what's going on so while they can't really see a ton through the smoke the corpses are like they're cutting tommy like they're hurting him austin's like we have to stop this he's going right for her brain so he like gets the saw and starts sawing through her skull and then they take a a tissue sample from her brain And this is like a huge part right here because they put it under the microscope and that's when Austin says, that's why we can't find cause of death because she's still alive. She still has brain activity, all of this damage, all of this trauma, everything that's happened, but she's still alive. Like it's barely. So, it's, it's so scary. And it's really sad. Like when I watch this, like, yeah, like it's spooky and it gets me and I jump. But even before we kind of get to the point where we know what's going on, like, it's really sad that this girl has obviously suffered so much trauma at somebody's hand. And then in her non-death is still suffering because she's being cut up for an autopsy beyond whatever might have happened to her before. So like, it just, it sucks. You know, if she's this powerful with just her brain, moving like nothing else is moving if she's this powerful with just her brain imagine when she can like fully function 
Mm-hmm. Austin pulls out that uh, fabric or shroud that they found and he folds it in a certain direction and it's like a Bible verse. He looks it up and it's referencing witches. And so that's when they start to put all the pieces together of she's a witch. She's from the New England era, 17th century fabric. They're like, oh my gosh, she was, you know, part of the Salem witch trials. And that's, yeah, kind that's of, their only like um, link to anything. Yeah. And so the dad says there were no witches in Salem. You know, they were just women. So it, it brings up the question of, did they create a witch with these tortures? Like, did the torture of her make her a witch or was she actually a witch? And she was. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of one of the things because I think when we throw the term witch around in this context, like it can mean so many different things to different people. Mm -hmm. Really at that point, it was just anybody who was not Puritan, basically. But yeah, and that's one of the things that's really horrible when you look back at our history. And it's the same thing that's happening right now. It's, you know, if you oppose this certain group, then you know, your your rights are taken away, you're a witch, you're tortured. So one of the questions that Katrina and I kind of had, like you were saying before, it's like, you know, was she actually a witch doing anything that in their eyes regarded like, like um, that she needed to be punished for. Uh And then she was, you know, being tortured and mutilated and all these things that these horrible things that Puritans did or because she was being tortured did she you know make some kind of deal with the devil and sell her soul trying to get out of it and that's how she's kind of immortal all this time but she's just been in agony dealing with these injuries that just don't show on the outside right and it's at this point where Tommy lifts up his shirt and shows he now has this same markings from her insides like on his stomach and on his sides and he says she wants us to feel it i think this is where the connection between jane doe and the dad kind of comes in because he starts talking to her and it says you know starts to try and sacrifice himself to her like oh maybe this is what she wanted you know if i sacrifice myself she'll spare my son and she tells him you know I won't fight you. Just please don't hurt him. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of one of those things that's really sad too, because yeah, you know, bye Tommy. Yeah. And you know, Austin has to watch his dad, basically his dad's bones start breaking. Everything that happened to Jane Doe is now happening to his father. Like his wrists, his ankles break, you know, his heart, like everything, like the smoke coming out of his mouth is like, him being burned basically like his lungs being burned her eyes don't become cloudy and then tommy's eyes cloud over the dad hands a scalpel to the son and the son it like the son basically thinks oh my dad is asking me to put him out of his misery like end it and then he austin takes the scalpel from his dad and then he stabs him through the heart tommy's dying that way austin's crying but he felt like he had to do that mercy kill and then as soon as his dad dies the lights come back on the music comes back on through the radio that they were playing before and then they hear the sheriff outside yeah and so austin you know he's like oh my god i'm in the 
I'm in the clear. So he goes to the cellar door where the tree was on it. And he hears a chainsaw. He hears the sheriff and everything like that. And then the cop is talking to him. And then the sheriff starts to sing, let the sun shine in. And that's when, yep. And that's when Austin knows, fuck, I'm not like, she's not done. She's still here. And then he backs up, he hears the bell and then his dad is there and he falls to his death. Yeah, Tommy or um, Austin falls over the stair railing. I mean, I guess I assume that he like smashes his head on the ground because he's dead. Instantly, yeah. After Austin dies, we snap to like the reality of what's actually happening. You know, no signs of forced entry. Again, the cops are there. They show up. They're looking for it. And they're like, we didn't even start the autopsy. And then the radio says fourth straight day of sunshine. And yeah, that's so when you know. never happened. Yeah, Jane Doe was altering their reality on everything. The sheriff is smart. He says, get her out of my county and sends him, sends Jane Doe to another corner. Yeah, because now that they have the dead bodies of Tommy, Austin, and Emma, just there, they, it, they're starting all over again. They don't know what's going on, but this is their second death scene with the same dead body there. Yeah. So it's, it's really sad, but then that kind of makes more sense as how Emma got in because there was no storm. She just opened the cellar door and got in somehow. Yeah. Or even the elevator was working because they heard the elevator and she came down and was just there. Mm-hmm. And that's why they went to investigate, but they load yeah. Jane Doe up into the van uh, the guy yeah, and starts... she looks exactly the same before. Her eyes are cloudy again, like everything didn't complete, so to speak. Right. Like she's not All... alive. Her organs are back in her body. She's no cuts, nothing. Which I don't know why she wasn't like put in a body bag or something, like zipped up head to toe. I don't know. No, the yeah, but... just had her covered. Mm-hmm. They start driving away, and then the creepy sunshine song starts playing again. As the closing scene, we see her feet, her toe, her big toe twitches with the bell sound. And that's how they cut out, which I don't know if the dad's sacrifice gave her enough to be able to twitch her toe now or. Yeah. What? So we're just left kind of wondering because she's in the van going to the next county. It's like, well, does that mean she's going to kill like the van driver? Is she just going to uh-huh. like, like who's next on her target list so to speak right and is this why she was just buried in the bottom of a random house is because somebody finally said we're not handling this anymore we're done with her just get rid of her so that's the end of the movie just a a twinkling little toesy yep which honestly she should have gotten proceeds for those feet shots just saying i mean i mean she did get paid she wasn't giving her feet out for free that's fair. No free feet. <laughs> there was just um, a picture <laughs> I took. God, I don't remember where it was and then I sent it to you. And then Katrina just texted me back and she's like, you can't be showing your feet for free. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were at Disney or something. Um, I was just walking around. I don't know what I was doing, but it was funny. <laughs> well, and now every time I think of like feet being out, like my niece's are like feet are dogs or like your toes are dogs or whatever and 
they're just like, oh, you just got your dogs out like that. I'm just like, oh, I'm so old. Is that what the oh. kids are saying? You got your dogs out? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you oh, got your dogs God. out. And so my dad joke to that has been, oh, you know, they got leash laws on here. You're going to get a ticket. Like, it's so stupid. You guys are nuts. It reminds me of the TikTok of this like chick who's like, oh, can I get a pup cup for my dogs? And they're like, oh, yeah. And she goes, thanks. And she grabs it. And then she just goes, it sticks her foot into the pup cup. And I'm like, what is happening? Oh, my gosh. It was so funny. Too much, but it was funny. That anyway. was a, a very uh, uh, a left turn compared to where we end in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would say, yeah. Uh, look where we are now. But there are... So I feel like this movie leaves you with like 100 questions unanswered. You know, I it's like, where did... She, like, we know that she came potentially from the Salem Witch Trials, but it was like, why? Why is she in Virginia now? How did she get under the house? Where is she going next? Like, why did she kill everybody and so like we looked up a couple different theories um the one that i liked was this person had commented that she believes that the father was asking the son to cut out his tongue with the scalpel to complete the deal with jane doe because everything that happened to her had to happen to him and so she wasn't done so she got mad so she didn't keep her part of the deal basically and so she killed the son out of anger at that point. And then Rachel had one that she found. Yeah. So um, these are from YouTube comments. For, I can't remember the video that we were finding, but we were doing like a deep dive into like other people's thoughts on the autopsy of Jane Doe. Uh, and this person, the comment is Shoyo. So Shoyo, if you have found our podcast, hi. What up? Um, but this comment says, so my theory is this. Jane wants to recover so she can have revenge on the people who trapped her, but not knowing hundreds of years have passed and they're dead. She needs a sacrifice to fully recover. So she tried to spare the two guys by using the cat as a sacrifice, but they accidentally stopped her recovery because they put the cat out of its misery the same way that Austin put Tommy out of his misery while he was dying. So Jane was angered by what happened and took her attention to the two guys. After choosing who will be the sacrifice, she tried to recover again, but was stopped when the sacrifice was killed again. And after that, she was angry and she killed Austin. And that, I mean, it tracks. I mean, I guess you could probably rationalize just about any theory about what her motives were and what happened. And and one of um, the talking points that Katrina and I had is, you know, obviously this is you know a a revenge story in some way but it also has to do a lot with bodily autonomy I mean Jane clearly I I say that loosely with the radio was saying hey stop and she had the screams playing and she was saying the devil's gonna get you so does that mean like the devil inside her because you know she one way or another had a deal to be a witch so you know she told them to stop and they didn't stop. So, I mean, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's like she tried more than once to, like, scare them away, get away from me, and they just didn't listen. Well, then you also kind of wonder at that point, too, because she had altered their reality to where they couldn't get out when they did want to. Is that because they couldn't necessarily just leave her open 
the way that they did uh-huh. like she had to have some kind of healing power healing. right she could just be vengeful at this point you know filled up with hatred we don't know but it's also like she's alive she has brain activity but does she actually know what's happening around her you know like does she know the situation that they were in probably like i don't know we don't really know jane's perspective it's overall a really sad story to me like i've i've only watched the movie twice i watched it a few years ago when it came out on netflix and then really had just watched it again and i liked it much more the second time i don't know what my problem was the first time i watched it but i was just like eh. but mm-hmm. you know maybe when we watch movies for the podcast we're really looking at um you know the focus of women or, or how they're being treated or how does that necessarily relate to whatever else could be going on socially economically politically something like that in regards to women so really with this I mean I think Emil Hirsch and Brian Cox are you know fantastic actors and the movie should be more notable because these are brilliant performances I care about everybody that's involved even and, and that's also the thing like for me even though Jane Doe is the antagonist in this story I don't see her as a villain I see her as a victim so even though it's not Tommy and Austin's fault what is going on you know they're you know unlucky in the sense of you know being involved in it but I don't I care about everybody yeah there's there's no right or wrong like side to be on because everybody in this instance is a victim you know Jane Doe is a victim Austin and Tommy are also victims because they don't they're just doing their job like nothing that they're they are doing is inherently wrong because in their eyes this is a dead body I have to do my job find cause of death they don't know that she's alive yeah and and I mean yes there are scary things going on like they are technically getting warnings but I mean how do you know how do you know that that's what's going on unless Jane Doe comes through the radio clearly and says hey guys I'm Jane Doe. You're cutting me right now. Please stop because I'm alive. Like they, they don't know. This is not. Yeah, then we would have like, had different phone calls happening. Right. <laughs> she probably would have let the phone lines work. Yeah, maybe. That's the autopsy of Jane Doe. That's our perspective of it. Uh, came out in 2014. Andre Overdahl was the director. I really do like this movie. I enjoyed watching it with you and, and kind of the back and forth of the perspectives that we have. Um, Mm -hmm. We said earlier, you know, today's September 30th when we're recording this. I'm also putting that date out here because then that encourages us to get this edited and out faster. Um, My personal holiday that I've been doing for the past several years for myself is I call it Hitchcocktober. So tomorrow is October 1st and I'm really excited to, you know, start my journey. So we might have a Hitchcock movie or two that we record in the next month or so so we can get more movies and and podcasts out for you guys um is there anything that you want to see like what's your guys's favorite halloween movie what's your favorite scary movie so we're really looking forward to getting a lot more of these episodes out for you guys um follow us on our instagram to get more up-to-date information we have a patreon if you want to get like early access or, you know, uncut versions of things. We're, you know, we want to start doing 
live streaming, like watch a movie together or something. Like, let us know what you guys want to do, what you want to hear. Um, we're open to anything at this point. So yeah, we can make this a, a community, but you can follow us on all our social media. It's booze and boobs. And then our email address is boobs and boobs at gmail.com. So email us, let us know what movies you want to see or, or what are your opinions about our opinions that we put in the podcast? Uh, just be nice because I'm very sensitive. All right, guys, let's uh, get to spooky season. We're happy to be back. Ooh, bye. Bye.